0: Afternoon drive today. So all the guys were in Berea, and they were all hanging out uh, at the training camp. We'll talk to Daryl Ryder coming up at 920. As he was in Berea, we will talk about everything that went down. Deshaun Watson had an interception. I texted my buddy. My buddy's a big Cowboys fan, and I said, well, at least it didn't look like Dak's interception from yesterday. It didn't look that bad. It's still an interception, though, so you don't want to see it. I think it's funny how we're we're trying to figure out what interceptions do and don't mean through training camp right now. I'm not putting too much stock into any little bit of it, but we'll find out what Daryl thinks coming up at 820. I thought, honestly, the highlight for me and listening to the guys this afternoon was them talking about Paul D. Podesta running after the, the whole day was already done. Paul D. Podesta. I got a million comments about him that I want to get off my chest tonight. But where I want to start with you guys is talking about Andrew Barry because Andrew Barry was on afternoon drive and he made a couple interesting comments and we'll get to a few of them. But where I want to start with you guys is him tying Kevin Safansky into the equation. I just didn't see this coming. You know, typically when you think of Barry, him doing interviews. I don't know that he hates anything more. Than, he might hate doing interviews more than he hates world hunger. Okay? I, I We don't get much from him. But I felt like he opened up today. He was guarded when he had to be. But the idea that he sees the front office and head coach lean together in this way was a peculiar choice. Here we go. You know, from our perspective, we really look at the team-building aspect as a partnership. Uh, any...
1: Um, you know, successful organization that I've been a part of really the general manager partner with the head coach or partner with the coaching staff um, to make sure that there is like
0: a unified vision you know, um, on both sides of the ball. All right. Does Andrew Berry's comments mean him and Stefanski should be tied together if this fails? 4 474 to 92. That's my takeaway on that. I know he's talking about all these successful organizations. We know you're talking about the time with the Eagles, where they won a Super Bowl, and then five years later, we're back in the Super Bowl, and you were what was sandwiched in between. I know. You you go back on that time in Philly a lot. I understand it. I get it. It makes sense. I'm assuming you're talking about your time in Cleveland when you say good organizations, though. I think since you've been here long enough, and savansky has been here long enough, I assume that you're talking about the Browns in that instance. And and tell me if that's a wrong assumption by me. Maybe that's the wink-wink and the head nod is that uh, uh, he's like, oh, yeah, all these good organizations, this is how we do it. And then Stefanski hears this, and Stefansky's like, wait, we don't do it that way. And it's like, yeah, well, that, there's a reason why. But I don't think that's it. I think in this instance he's including himself and including the Browns as a good, well-run organization – which is very presumptuous for a team that won eight games two years ago and seven games last year, but I'm not here to nitpick about that stuff. What I want to talk about is whether or not this puts Andrew Bo Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski in the same lifeboat. Does this have them wearing the same white vests, hoping that the whole thing doesn't go down? Because I I don't even have to ask Daryl. When Daryl joins us at 920, I already know Daryl's thoughts about who's staying and who's going if this whole thing goes down. Daryl's told me multiple times over the summer already that he believes it's Kevin Stefanski would be out the door, but Andrew Barry has a legitimate chance of keeping his gu- uh, his gig. Based off of what I heard right there, if these two are truly intertwined the way that Andrew Barry suggests, then why are we looking at it that way? It makes no sense to me. Why are we looking at it in a way where the two of them, if they are linked and they are Joined as far as their decision making and as far as their process and their identity, that if this thing goes belly up, why are we talking about it as if Stefanski would go, but Barry would stay? Someone justified Barry's job to me. But right now, I'm coming up short in trying to make sure that if I were to make a case for Andrew Barry, it would be done. In a way that would actually make sense. 216474 to below 92. I've liked his free agency acquisitions. I think he did a great job this past season of putting together a good lineup, but at some point I got to stop talking about how much I like a lineup before the season gets underway and recognize that a breakdown is happening here. If I go to a bar every weekend and every weekend I get into a bar fight, at some point I have to recognize it's me. Hi, I'm the problem, it's me. At some point, you have to accept that you're just not the unluckiest person in the world, and there's something you're doing that's getting you in trouble. Same thing with Barry. There's a breakdown that happens every season so far with him. Me, Jonathan Peter, when I got to stop being the boy who cried wolf with this team, acting like every year they have it figured out to then see it not work. I'm tired of looking like an idiot. I'm tired of saying Andrew Berry has put together the best two to fifty-three in the NFL, with the exception of a couple teams. Like this year, for instance, I'm like best two to fifty-three minus the Bills and the 49ers, but boy are they all right there. How many times have you heard me say that? Like, great, Andrew Berry, you're very good at putting together uh preseason great teams. Why don't we ever see that transfer? Why don't we ever see that transfer into wins? Why is it always a, on a, you know August first when we're sitting around and we're talking about how good a team can and cannot be every single year? It feels like we're sitting there every year in the Andrew Berry GM era. We're sitting around saying, "Wow, he really did make a lot of moves, didn't he? He really has this whole thing figured out." Now maybe that's on Stefanski. Maybe you know I can only give you the horse. You got to run the horse and win the Kentucky Derby. I trained the thing. We got this all figured out. Is Andrew Barry, just? he's got a, a, a stable full of uh, secretariats back there, and Kevin Stefanski's drunk, not being able to figure it out? Uh, what's going on? How, how how do we mess this up so bad? Consistently, how do we mess this up so bad? So I ask you guys, 216-474-0092, you hear that audio. Does Andrew Barry's comments mean him and Stefanski should be tied together if this all fails? Tell me where Barry and how Barry is safe. I need to know it. Because I can't justify it. I'm trying to justify it. I can't justify it. Eddie in Westlake. I'm next on the fan. Well, Eddie, how are you tonight?
2: Hey. So I think you. I think you answer your own question, uh, uh, Jonathan. Because you're just you're saying to yourself, he's put together the best two through fifty three. That's he's that, That's his job. His job is not to win the games. His job is to put together a roster. He's done. He, he he's traded for a top ten quarterback, top seven quarterback, however you want to look at it. He did. He did all the things. He checked all the boxes. He can't coach two. You know. He's. It's, it's, we said the same thing with uh with with John Dorsey when they had Freddie Kitchens. You know what I mean. The only difference between uh, Barry and John Dorsey is. Barry has the complete package because he know how to structure these contracts and everything. Oh, Eddie, and I John really – John Dorsey was just blowing this money. I really thought you were going to say, and the guys and, Eddie, Eddie. And what was
0: it? What's that? Missed opportunity. You're supposed to say the only difference is a sweatshirt. Sweatshirt.
2: <laughs> no. Yeah, we have that too. But, but the reality of it is, is, you know, John Dorsey didn't have any, any type of control over structuring these contracts. These Ivy League guys are not only they're making these moves, but then they're also structuring these contracts that are all team friendly. He's done his job, man. That's it. That's all he can do, man. It's all he can. It's just like if if, if his uh his his uh, his guy that he worked under, uh, Roseman. If he had uh, uh, Roseman, yeah. Kevin Stefanski as his head coach instead of the head coaches that he's had, mm-hmm. it would it, listen. He would be working back. We still would be talking about how good, uh, you know, how he's making all these deals and not making all these moves. But he got to, you know. You ain't got a head coach that's not, you know, pulling up his end as a, you know, bargain. And well, that's but that's we that's part of his job too, though, Eddie.
0: Eddie, that's part of his job too, though, and that's that's part of what the. You know, is, is this part of his job to coach? You want him to coach? No, no, no. His job is making sure that he's got the right head coach, though. Part of your job as a GM is identifying whether or not you got the right guy in the head coaching position. You get to pull the lever. You get to decide oh, yeah, whether but, or not he's but, gone. But, but I, I don't. Know, I don't think he even had much
2: control over. It. I think that was a package deal. I think that's where Mister. When, when that's when the owner was involved. The owner handpicked this this union. That's it. So you got to look at the owner. The owner. Particular- and we don't know that answer
0: though. We 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 don't know that we, we answer. We do know. We know we do know. If, he we know he handpicked. We know, we know we he handpicked know the coach. But we know we don't know that he's got any say. If if Andrew Berry thought that Kevin Stefanski can't coach, and he went to Jimmy Haslam and said, "Listen, you want me as your GM? I like being the GM here, but you got a dolt as a head coach." Let me fire him. You think? You think he'd say no?
2: I think. I think that's where we're at right now, though. I think yeah. that's, that's what that's where we're at right now. I think prior to this, he did not have a say in it because they came to, as together as a package deal. He turned down the guy from New England. and All this stuff. We thought he was going to be the head coach. No, With this, Daniels, this, this yeah. was a package deal. This was a package deal. And so now Andrew Berry, because of the, what he's done through free agency and putting these teams together, like you said. The, the mere fact that you mentioned in two to fifty three, I mean, he didn't his job. You you said it for him. I, I, <laughs> I try to make the case for him, Eddie. I do, but for but this is you why I it bring it up,
0: Eddie. Eddie, and I appreciate you, man. As always, it's a good call. This is why I bring it up the way that I do, though. I try to I make this case every year. Best one of the best two to fifty threes in the sport. I've done this multiple years. I've gone through and said one of the best two to fifty threes in the entire sport depends on happens what happens with number one. And so on that angle, this is me trying to give Andrew Barry his credit, trying to throw him his flowers. But Andrew Barry is telling you it's him and Kevin Stefanski. They're unified front. This is what they're doing. This is what that clip told you guys. They're together in their decisions. Well, if they're together in their decisions, they should be together. If one of them fails, then shouldn't shouldn't Andrew Barry have to? But the bigger, larger point here is that I got to stop saying two to fifty three every offseason. When you turn around and they won eight games and then seven games, clearly the approach is wrong. The the approach is getting players that for whatever reason aren't being able to play up to what their ability was supposed to be for this team. Now maybe that isn't on Andrew Barry 100%. You want to tell me that's why he's keeping his gig? Well, okay, I'll listen to that. I'll 100% listen to that. It's the point I started to make. But the idea of whether or not Andrew Barry's comments reflect him and Safansky and how it reflects this relationship, I think these guys are more tied than we think they are. You know, atomic bomb hits, it's cockroaches, it's rats, and it's Paul D. Podesta. I don't know that Andrew Barry makes the cut there. I don't know. 216-474-092. Does Andrew Barry's comments mean him and sofransky should be tied together? A couple of you guys are hanging, hang tight. We'll get you guys on the other side. It's overtime with Jonathan Peterlin here with you on The Fam. Back at here on the Fan. It is overtime with Jonathan Pino, and we're reacting to Andrew Berry's comments to Afternoon Drive. And the part that stuck out to me was him linking up him and Stefanski, and whether or not they should be tied together if this whole thing fails. Barry's telling you, good teams tie together the two spots. I'm playing with an assumption that he thinks this Browns team is a good team. That's a dangerous assumption at this point, but I'm uh, that's the bet I'm willing to make. Okay. Ultimately though, I'm trying to justify Barry's job to myself and I'm coming up a little short. I've liked his free agency acquisitions and every year it feels like I'm at this point in the season and I'm telling you guys they got one of the best two to 53s in the NFL. I've done it multiple years now. Multiple years with Andrew Barry here. I've said that comment and I just feel like every single year I end up looking like Charlie Brown with the football pulled out from underneath me and it just, it makes me feel stupid. It makes me feel dumb. I love this roster. I think this roster, 2 to 53, is currently constructed. They fixed the defensive line. I, the only hang up I have, I got a couple. Shouldn't say only, a couple. Linebackers are worried for me, and I'm also worried about whether or not, I know it's going to sound funny to you, we can get into it later. I'm worried about the wide receivers. Not the depth of them, that we have enough guys with how good The AFC is with these quarterbacks that we have enough top tier wide receivers. I'm going to need Elijah Moore to ball out is the point here. I mean, Donovan Peoples Jones to ball out is the point here. I know Amari is good for 1,109 touchdowns, but I might need those other two to step up in a big way for me. Ultimately, though, I do believe this roster in fixing and, and patching together the different spots is one of the best in football. If you take the quarterback spot out of the equation, two to 53 is why I mention it that way. I've said this a lot with him, I've said this a lot with him. I know you can have bad seasons based off of what happens with number one and only number one, but is that on Andrew Barry then? Is that on him? Or is that on the coaching staff? Is that on Kevin Safansky? Is that on some of these other guys? Seems like Barry wants to tie himself here to Stefanski where I'm looking at it and I'm saying if this whole thing goes down this year and Watson isn't great, I don't know if Stefanski and Barry are tied together, but I know I've heard people like our beat reporter Daryl Ryder say Stefanski would be gone, but Barry would be safe. Well, help me get to that conclusion where Barry's safe. 2-1-6-4-7-4-2-0-92, Especially if he's speaking how he spoke today, where he's saying good teams, top top to bottom. They're talking about the coach and the GM, and they're always discussing things together, and they're on the same page. Well. Then you got to both be held responsible if the thing goes down. Kurt in Pittsburgh is up next on the fan. Well, Kurt, hello. Thank you for taking
3: my call. Yeah, um, displaced Cleveland Browns fan. I want to make that clear. i <laughs> um, in the heart and soul of Steeler Nation, um, and I can just tell you from the fans here, there aren't many sports fans here that are Steeler fans that see this team as some sort of you know last place uh, basement team. Uh, Deshaun Watson is a huge name and is a huge factor. And I know last year, 3-3, three and three, you know, 58% completion, seven touchdowns passed, five interceptions. Nobody is going to talk highly of that, but that was last year. And, you know, in 2020, it's a three-time Pro Bowler. Um, Houston went 4-12, and 12, but Deshaun Watson put up great numbers, seven interceptions. Yeah,
0: but, Kurt, 32. we wonder how much of that was garbage numbers and how much of that, you know, a lot of that got inflated because he was playing from behind a lot. And, again, it was... It was not. I, I don't want to look at the that year where, by the way, beyond what Pro Football Reference will tell you, that was one year that uh, only has happened four times in NFL history, where 4,500-plus yards, fewer than 10 interceptions, more than uh, 30 touchdowns, and led the league in yards per attempt. I can't bake everything into that season, Kurt. I can't. Oh,
3: for sure. No, okay. I, I mean, you look at is as 18-19, 2018-2019, 11-5, 10-5. He put up some impressive numbers. My point here is that was with the Houston Texans. I'm looking at this Cleveland Browns team, um, and this is a team with Stefanski that won with Baker Mayfield. So I, if I'm if I'm comparing quarterbacks, it's not even close. Watson, by far, he is what he is. Baker Mayfield, uh, Mayfield, he is what he is. I, I think if this team. Doesn't win the division or make a wild card, and yes, I, I said win the division. Okay, mm-hmm. with Deshaun Watson, it, this is going to fall. Not, I don't think this falls on the GMs in the GMs' lap. I think this falls on Stefanski. At this point, it's coaching. This organization right now has the best quarterback, possibly the best player in its, in its you know, very long tenured uh, franchise tradition. You know, Deshaun Watson is, is an elite quarterback. And if this head coach can't get this team on the field with 11-plus wins, um, it's the head coach. I mean, it's just that would be irresponsible. I mean, this is Cleveland. The Browns right now with Deshaun Watson, Amari Cooper, Nick Chubb, Miles Garrett, this defense. So much is called, talent. They made some moves. So much talent. I mean, the free agency, they made moves at defensive line. So this team has talent. They've been missing that one position. And we all know this. All Browns fans know this. You know, we've seen it from Manziel to Tim Mm -hmm. to I mean, I can name 20-plus quarterbacks. Deshaun Watson is by far light years ahead of all that talent. So, you know, if there's going to be blame next year, if this team doesn't make the postseason and win a game in the postseason, uh, it's on Stefanski. It's the head coach's job to right. take this quarterback and, I can, and make
0: I, him a winner. And, Kurt, I appreciate you, and thank you thank you for listening and tuning in. I, I can agree with a lot of that. I don't think anyone is scapegoating and, and saying, you know, Stefanski is the only person at charge here or the only person held responsible for this. The part I find fascinating is that Andrew Berry, in talking to Nick and Dustin, wants to group himself with Stefanski. Well, if you want to group yourself with Stefanski and say that he's part of the decision-making process... Well, we have to deal with a couple things there. Is he part of the process that then had one of the best 2-53s to in recent years like I've been talking about? Is he part of that? Or do we have to go to the other extreme where it's like, all right, then, Barry, you're part of the reason why we can't get these guys coached up as well. I know it's not your main description in your job, but something isn't going right here. Do you like Andrew Barry enough that you bring him back? I find it fascinating. Blake in New York, up next on the Fan. Well, Blake.
1: How's it going? So what, why these two are linked together is because last year, obviously, when we heard Deshaun had 11 games, it was a throwout year. You know, he's not going to make the playoffs, not going to go on a run coming in 11 games uh, with a backup quarterback. The difference is if he comes out this year and performs like he did the last six of last year, that contract looks absolutely god-awful. So not only is it the fancy losing games, but it's Barry signing that contract with Deshaun. That that's why they're linked together um, for this season.
0: I can buy that. Thank you, Blake. I appreciate you. I can buy that. To a degree, I can buy that. You know, the, the olden rule, right? Who he, he who has the gold makes the rules. I've never given Andrew Barry credit for the Deshaun Watson signing because Jimmy Haslam is the one that gave him all the guaranteed money. That was his pocketbook. That was his checkbook. I'd love to know, this is something we don't have, we're not privy to. I would love to know who came up initially with the idea that Deshaun Watson is someone they need to seek out and search after. I know what's going to happen. If things go well, Andrew Barry is going to get a bunch of credit for it, and if things go poorly, Jimmy Haslam is going to get the blame for it. This is how this works around here. I I, already—I don't need—I'm not Miss Cleo, but I don't need a crystal ball to tell you how that—that's how that plays out. It's going to be very obvious how that one goes. Andrew and Lakewood up next on the fan. Hello, Andrew. Hey,
1: what's up? So, um, my two cents on uh, this—I—I do agree they're tied in a sense. My thing with Andrew Barry, though, we've never had a GM, and we've had chances in the past nobody's ever wanted to come to Cleveland, especially big-name quarterbacks, and I'm glad he's here. I'm glad Deshaun Watson's a Cleveland Brown, but let's not pretend he's here because of that money that we gave him. That's besides the fact. I think what this season rides on, and it's a lot of pressure, Deshaun Watson needs to go out there and get it done. It really rides on his shoulders, of course, Stefanski, and the offensive and defensive staff are going to have input, and they all got to perform. But for the next two to three years, or maybe even further than that, um, wherever this team goes is going to be through Deshaun Watson. Nick Chubb, his future is, is in question. Um, there's some other guys that may or may not be here. So we this is the first time – I'm turning 32 in November. This is the first time I can say in my life that we probably have a real franchise quarterback – in the city of Cleveland, and he's got to go out there and get it done. So whether or not Stefanski and Barry are tied, I like Barry. I like Stefanski also. If Stefanski doesn't get it done, I'd like to see Barry stick around. But uh, with that said, the quarterback's got to go out there and do it, and we're either going to succeed or fail through him. So I, I think that's, that's ultimately what's going to
0: happen. No doubt about it. Thank you, Andrew. I appreciate your phone call. Unfortunately for a lot of the conversations we have, up for the next 30 days or so? Because we've been having him now for four or five months. Why do these conversations are going to end with that that ideology right there. What happens with Deshaun is what happens with a lot of people's jobs in Berea. That's why I've made the comment, and I stand by it. Stefanski's got just as much of a chance of being the coach for the next 10 games as he does for the next 10 years. Let that one sink in. Uh, we got the fan focus coming your way. we got Daryl Ryder at 9.20. We're going to get off the beaten path a little bit later on in the 10 o'clock hour. I want to react to Daryl. We're going to play all of what Andrew Barry had to say in this interview with Nick and Dustin for you guys as well around 10 o'clock or so. So be listening and, and stay tuned in. But make sure you guys hear the interviews with J.W. Johnson and Andrew Barry as the second season of It's Always Game Day in Cleveland uh, begins. It's underway. Download the West Virginia episodes. Look for two fresh episodes each week featuring Daryl Ryder and Andy Baskin at 923thefan.com or the Odyssey app. One half of that joins us in 25 minutes. Fan Focus is next right here on The Fan.